When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Yes, the darkness retreat is over. And we have all of the details about what went down inside that very tiny room that he was occupying out in Ashland, Oregon. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. No Canty, no Carlin, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel with you on this Thursday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And funny enough, last week... When we were, when I was hosting Candy and Carlin on Friday, it was myself and Aaron Goldhammer. Gabe, I think you and I had done the show the day before, and we find out from Stash, our producer, hey guys, I've got a homework assignment for you. And thinking, okay, what is this? And come to find out, we're going to have a darkness retreat expert on last Friday. Didn't know where the darkness retreat was, where this gentleman had come from. And at the time, we had no idea that this was the person who was actually heading up Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat, the one that he just went on at the Sky Cave retreats out in Ashland, Oregon. And when we find out today, now that Aaron Rodgers has emerged from the darkness game, that he was actually at the place headed up by the person we were talking to right here on ESPN Radio. Imagine that. Yeah, uh, look, I can't imagine there are too many of these darkness retreats out there. So the odds had to be pretty good that this was the guy, right? Like, how many darkness retreats actually exist? Like, I'm in Wisconsin. I can't. I'm, I'm unaware of one existing in this state. I can't imagine that there's one, you know, in in out in Bristol, out in Connecticut. I can't imagine there are too many places that have one. So yeah, this guy. I mean, look, he's capitalizing on it too. Uh, in the article that's up at ESPN.com right now. Uh, he made the uh, the comment that it is really hard to get into his place right now. He is booked solid for 18 straight months of people wanting to do these darkness retreats. If you Google darkness retreat on Google, uh, put it in the search bar. The first one that comes up in the search is welcome to Sky Cave Dark Retreats. And I'm not saying that our producer, Stash Yankee, like just clicked on the first one. Maybe this ended up getting pushed up because of all the darkness retreat searches. But you're right, Gabe. It's not hard to find this one because it's the first search of about 43 million results here. So Scott Berman, who was the creator of the Sky Cave Retreats out in Ashland, Oregon. It's 45 miles away from the nearest airport. It's cold. There's snow everywhere. He was on with us on Candy and Carlin last Friday. This is what he describes as a typical room at a darkness retreat. It's um, about a 300-square-foot room that's totally dark. There's lights when people first get in there, so they're able to navigate and see their way around. There's a bathtub. There's a toilet. There's a sink. There's a place to roll around on the floor. There's a place to sit and eat. And there's a room on the other side where I enter into, and there's a double cabinet where I put in food, close the door, and on the other side, the dark retreatant can open it and receive food, and no light uh, comes through in that process. Ours are also pretty much soundproof. So you enter into a space where the external world, as you know it, 
no longer exist. So as Scott Berman, the creator of Sky Cave Retreats, was saying all of this, in my brain, I'm thinking, hmm, that sounds like solitary confinement. That doesn't sound like a great time. But apparently, (laughs) this is what Aaron Rodgers needed in order to prepare himself mentally for the biggest decision he's going to have to make up until this point of his career. And I don't know if it's because I was watching the Apple Plus series Blackbird at the time. I thought the exact same thing, Courtney. Like when he when we first found out that Rogers was going into this darkness retreat, that's what I thought of. It's like this sounds a lot like solitary confinement. You got a toilet in one spot. You got a place where you can lay down. I love how he described then space to roll around. I don't know I what you're sure doing if that in roll like around yoga time or anything. Like I mean, he's an athlete. He's you know got a body to maintain. I would imagine that stretching is pretty vital to be an NFL quarterback and making sure that your joints don't lock up. Yeah, like, so I guess, you know, the 300 square feet that he has to do some of his calisthenics, you know, I guess that's what's taking place, but he's not there to be doing yoga or Pilates or anything else. He's there to be focusing on getting his mentals right and getting in the right spot to make this decision. It's just... In a, in a room like that, and again, you can see this article that details all of this at ESPN.com. We did not know that when we were hosting the show on Friday last week that this was the person we were talking to, the creator of Sky Cave Retreats, where Aaron Rodgers went. Scott Berman, he was telling us just how scary these things can be when you're devoid of light for four days. Yeah, it's the one thing that I, I was not aware of. Um, apparently, they, they do have light switches in there. So if you do feel like you need the lights, if you've reached a point uh, mentally where you need the light, you can do that. And Rogers did say this, that the door was unlocked. I, I, I guess when I pictured darkness retreat or darkness going into whatever he was doing, I wasn't picturing like this little door out in the middle of the woods. And that's how you enter the room. Like Again, these pictures are available online at ESPN.com where the story is. So you can just like go out and wander around in the woods if you need that type, type of mental break. The, the more I learn about this, the more fascinating it all becomes. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a non-traditional way to recharge. And I remember going into this interview last week telling myself, keep an open mind about this because everybody's different in terms of what therapeutic means you need to process, to to get through something, to prepare yourself mentally, to make a decision, whatever it is. And not everybody's going to do it the same way. So like I've always felt like Aaron Rodgers deserves some of that credence where you don't just look at it and say, well, that's stupid. That's not that, you know, that that's dumb. It's a waste of money, all those things. But the amount of publicity this thing has gotten and how much of a spectacle he's made of it. And let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. Scott Berman's making a killing here. As, as Gabe just pointed out, Sky Cave Retreats, they're all booked up for the next 18 months. So if you were hoping to go and spend 250 a night for a darkness retreat, you're going to have to go find somewhere else because his is closed for business until practically, you know, the middle of 2025. But it's... I'm really curious how Aaron Rodgers is going to sound next week when we see him, I would assume, on the Pat McAfee show when they talk about this experience because we do have yet to hear how he felt and what this thing actually meant to him when he went through it. Yeah, and I'm curious when we hear that. Because last time he was on the Pat McAfee show and he started talking about if you're somebody who's now wondering, okay, what's next for Aaron Rodgers? We've heard about this darkness retreat for so long. He did say that he was going to go on some sort of mini vacation, I don't know, with friends or whatever this upcoming weekend. 
within the next week, I think we're going to have an answer of whether or not he is going to be returning to play football in 2023. Now, whether that means he's going to be playing for the Packers or elsewhere, that still remains to be seen. But this was kind of step one for him in terms of, okay, I've gone away. This is his time to kind of sit and think and be able to reflect on all these different things if he wants to play football. This was step one. I think a lot of the dominoes in terms of, Where is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing? If he's playing in 2023, they're going to start falling pretty quickly here. And if that team is not the Green Bay Packers where he is currently under contract, could it be the Las Vegas Raiders? Could it be the New York Jets? How does that affect the overall quarterback carousel? Because Derek Carr very well could be the first domino to fall. We know he's already gone on free agent visits. But what about Aaron Rodgers? What about Jimmy Garoppolo? What about Lamar Jackson? That's what we're going to talk about after Gabe tells you this from Indeed. This new year, make the resolution to speed up your hiring process. Check out Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it simple to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. Manage everything from your employer dashboard where you can easily schedule virtual virtual interviews. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. With Lamar Jackson, there is going to be a lot of drama in the coming weeks, if not months. He should stand firm, put his feet in the ground, and say, hey, look, I need the guaranteed money. I'm not willing to go ahead and play this thing out year to year. If he decides they're not going to give me what I want, I don't want to be here. He needs to demand a trade. Why would he take the discount in this situation when there are other viable teams that would treat him better and pay him every penny he wants? Like, why would you take less than that to stay with Baltimore? This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Gabe Neitzel, Courtney Cronin sitting in for the guys. Have the Baltimore Ravens lost Lamar Jackson? Because it certainly feels like it, considering the lack of communication, how close we are getting and inching towards free agency. But before then, the franchise tag deadline. What we know right now is that the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator. They introduced him this week. It is Todd Munkin from the University of Georgia. He's had stints in the NFL most recently before that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the new play caller if Lamar Jackson remains the quarterback in Baltimore but Gabe at this point that's a big if what all we know is that the franchise tag most likely the exclusive one at 45 million dollars is a direction that this thing is headed yeah it doesn't seem like he's going to get what he wants and the rumors have been out there the reports have been out there that he's looking for a largely guaranteed contract and the Ravens are hesitant to do that because the only player two players have ever gotten that it was one Kirk Cousins in Minnesota which was only a three-year deal that was fully guaranteed and then what the uh, Cleveland Browns did out of desperation to get to Sean Watson to Cleveland and that's what's happening here like Cleveland messed this up for everybody else because if there's a quarterback that goes wait a second, I'm better than Deshaun Watson. I don't come with the baggage that Deshaun Watson does. How come he can get a fully guaranteed deal and I can't? And I I completely understand where uh, Lamar Jackson is coming from here because you see that. You you probably want that for yourself. This is a guy who's won a league MVP. And the Ravens 
haven't really done that great in terms of surrounding him with weapons to make sure that that offense can be fully functional and an explosive out, uh, offense outside of the way he can run the football. So I, I can understand how this thing got contentious pretty quick. Yeah, me too, because when you don't pay a guy what he believes he's worth, and we know that Lamar Jackson does not have a player agent that is certified by the NFLPA. His mother is the one who is part of his team of people trying to negotiate this thing. Things get tricky, and there was a talk. There were talks before the season started with a deal on the table north of $133 million in total guarantees. Now, the contract itself was well over $200 million, but not all of that was fully guaranteed. The deal that you're referring to, Gabe, Deshaun Watson's $230 million fully guaranteed five-year contract that he signed last year upon being traded from Houston is unprecedented, but it's not it's not Lamar Jackson's fault that Houston threw off the market, that, excuse me, that Cleveland threw off the market, that Cleveland put a wrench in everyone else's plans. And frankly, if he ends up having to get traded to go get a fully guaranteed deal elsewhere, maybe it's not $230 million. Maybe it's close, but if it's all fully guaranteed, that sets a new precedent for quarterbacks who enter either the free agent market or quarterbacks who want out of their current team because the 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 path towards getting a fully guaranteed deal at this point might be via trade so I mean it's certainly pivotal for the future of NFL contracts what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens the clock is ticking and Jeff Darlington ESPN NFL reporter was on get up explaining what Lamar Jackson's options are Last year, he was not even calling. He wasn't even returning calls from the GM to start negotiations. His feet were already in the ground. It was a guaranteed deal or nothing. I don't see that changing. And I know people say everybody changes eventually. Lamar Jackson is a different beast. And right now, if he gets that guaranteed contract, it sets into motion a new precedent in the NFL. No longer is it just one contract with Deshaun Watson. It is a trend with two. And Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and every quarterback after them will be looking for the same thing. This is a pivotal moment in NFL contracts. You can throw the names Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, anybody else who's looking for a contract extension coming down the pipeline that would be affected by what Lamar Jackson gets. And if he ends up getting a fully guaranteed deal, those other quarterbacks aren't taking a penny less. Lamar Jackson's playoff history pales in comparison to all of those names that we mentioned, Sands, Justin Herbert. And we know that he's eligible for a contract extension this offseason. But it, it begs the question about how this thing is going to go, because if he ends up getting franchise tagged, you brought up the example of Kirk Cousins. He's the only one in the last 10 seasons that has actually used the tag to his advantage, playing on it in back-to-back seasons before hitting the free agent market in 2018 and signing that then three-year, $84 million fully guaranteed contract with the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody else who's been tagged since 2012 has soon after, worked out a deal. In 2021, Dak gets tagged literally the next day, signs the big extension with the Dallas Cowboys. In 2012, Drew Brees gets the franchise tag, and then by the summer deadline ends up working out the deal. Is there any possible way that he gets tagged and plays on a $45 million tag, says, all right, this is my prove-it year, prove-it to stay healthy and not play, you know, play more than 12, 14 games in a season? Or do you think he gets tagged and says, hey, if you're not going to give me a long-term deal that I want, get me out of here? I thought for the longest time that he would go that Kirk Cousins route where he would play it on back-to-back years and that third year just becomes such 
you know, crazy money that it becomes untenable for the team to franchise tag you again. And he would just hit straight up hit the free agent market. But the way that this thing continues to prog- uh, just move forward, I, I think he's going to ask for a trade if he doesn't get that fully guaranteed contract. And part of what's happening right now in the NFL, where it seems like the players are getting more power and players have the freedom to move and teams are, are honoring the requests for trades. I think of Devontae Adams last year and all the other wide receivers that ended up going on the move around the draft last year. And with all of that, it, it kind of becomes, okay, then I, I, somebody out there is going to be desperate enough to pay me this type of money. If the Browns are one team that's desperate for a quarterback because they haven't had one in 20 years, so they decided to give a fully guaranteed deal to Deshaun Watson, you're telling me that there's not another team that's not willing to look around and go, you know what, it's been a long time since we've had a great quarterback. We will fully guarantee a contract for that quarterback to try to kind of vault our team to where we believe we should be. And I think there is another team out there, and ultimately it kind of feels like that this thing is heading towards a trade. And nobody is going to blame Lamar because as the player empowerment things happen, I feel like fans are starting to more understand more and more why players are doing the things they do. Whereas, I don't know, Courtney, 10, 15 years ago, I feel like most NFL fans would be saying, hey, just, you know, you, you have this franchise tag, you're making $45 million, why don't you just go play on that? But I think more and more fans are understanding the business aspect of this from the player's perspective and are a little bit more understanding. Yeah, I would like to believe that the people who just side with the shield and side with owners be blindly, half the time not knowing what the heck they're actually siding with, I think that a situation like this, because this might be the first time in a long time where you see a quarterback get tagged and then he's on the move in the not-too-distant future, maybe that'll change the way that we view how business is done, how these contracts are structured, and players being able to cash in on, on what they deserve. And frankly, the Lamar Jackson deserves to play for not a penny less than $45 million, which would be the franchise tag, which we assume will eventually be placed on him by the Baltimore Ravens. And then after that, it is anybody's guess how this thing works out. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next, we dive further into the Lamar Jackson saga, if you want to call it that, with the Baltimore Ravens. Where might be the best fit for him to move forward with? Plus, what are the San Francisco 49ers doing at quarter? Quarterback in 2023. That's next, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. If you're a Ravens fan, you're looking around at Lamar and you're thinking, man, if we don't have Lamar, we don't have a chance. They've seen that this offense, which has basically been built around Lamar Jackson's skill set, is not really workable with a different quarterback. And if they were to move on from him, I think they would have to rebuild in a number of ways. If the sides can't reach a new deal by March 7th, the Ravens will place the franchise tag on Jackson to keep him from becoming a free agent. Franchise tag feels inevitable at this point for Lamar Jackson. Haven't heard too much of communication between the two parties. The Ravens have up until March 7th to designate a tag, non-exclusive or exclusive, on their quarterback. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, pleased to welcome in Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, who has a great story up at ESPN.com right now with Jamison Hensley, who covers the Baltimore Ravens, detailing this Lamar Jackson scenario from every different angle. And, and Jeremy, there's a quote in here that really hit me when you were talking to a team source after the playoff loss that a couple of months ago, Ago, this source said they they believe that no way a trade would happen that now months later it feels like anything is possible how did we get to this point with Lamar like is this a sort of conjecture that you know is taking place and did it take place during his absence the month of December with injury yeah Courtney certainly the, the way this season ended was a catalyst for that feeling on that quote uh, that person I spoke to shortly after the season and I circled back with him this week and they said well you know we're all hopeful uh, that Lamar Jackson is here long term that that there's no doubt about that that hasn't changed but can it happen is the question and it's just there are a lot of obstacles in place with a huge golf and guaranteed money between what Lamar wants and what the team is willing to give as of now and uh, you know the, the franchise tag we've seen this song dance before high-profile players get tagged, don't want to sign it because, they, you know, they don't want to play on it. And, uh, you know, they can sort of hold out, and that's their leverage. They don't do anything. They don't sign anything. They just don't show up. So uh, this could be a, a long sleep uh, for Baltimore and Lamar, you know, not, not insurmountable if the team is willing to come around in that guaranteed money portion, but there's just really been no indication of that as of yet. But as we sit here and, and things kind of continue to progress – to me, it makes sense that they would just give him the, the, the fully guaranteed money, doesn't it, Jeremy? Because let's say you offer him up in a trade, and then there's another team that offers him fully guaranteed money. That's going to become the new yeah. trend for quarterbacks of this level. So then at that point, you're better off just keeping him and giving him the fully guaranteed deal, no? Well, uh, Gabe, logic would say yes. Like, that makes total sense, you know, when, when you're looking at it. Uh, from the outside, I, I think that the mechanics of this with NFL teams is part of the problem. And, and the precedent here is, yes, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed deal from Cleveland. Cleveland was okay doing that. 31 other teams were really upset about that because, you know, typically you just don't see that, 
you know, guys get 50% guaranteed, 60%, whatever it is. And uh, teams did not want to set that precedent for quarterbacks at that high of money. In part because you have to put it all up front in escrow, or most of it at least, in that first year. And, you know, the risk of injury with football by nature makes doing that kind of deal tough. So, you know, one uh, executive I spoke to put it pretty plainly and said, like, Cleveland was desperate. Like, they needed to solve their quarterback problem, that they were willing to do that and give up the draft picks to do it. Baltimore's not. They're a stable franchise. They've won multiple Super Bowls. They got John Harbaugh. They win, like, they they won before Lamar. So it's – those are the layers that they're dealing with. And if you're the, the owner of the Ravens, you, you might simply not want to go there. Talking with Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, joining Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel here on Canny and Carlin. Not too long ago, the Ravens – worked out a contract extension with Roquan Smith, who was traded there from the Bears. He does not have an agent. There was a whole saga throughout the summer about who's actually in his ear, who's representing him. He did not have an NFLPA certified agent, but he had a financial advisor. We know that Lamar is agentless. His mother is a part of this, but he, according to Diana Rossini, is getting some guidance from the NFLPA. All of that said, is there anything that the Ravens learned from those negotiations when it is more direct with the player and the team from Roquan Smith that they can try to apply here to the Lamar Jackson situation? Potentially. So as far as I know, Lamar Jackson doesn't have an independent attorney like that, that that's helping him. Uh, he does have his mother, who uh, by all indications is involved. And, you know, the NFL PA, the, the way they do it is, um, you know, they have a division there, a contract division, and they help a, a lot of other agents with their deals. You know, they consult, um, you know, they, they look over contract offers from teams you know, they, they help, they're a sounding board. So in this case, they're doing that for Lamar, who doesn't have an agent, so he could lean on them maybe more so than usual. And, uh, you know, the, the NFL PA, based on what we know, really values guaranteed contracts for their players. You've heard Dean Marie Smith, the executive director, talk at length about that, the power of trying to make that happen for the high-profile players. And, you know, in fact, they, they send an arbitra- they're going to arbitration – because they file a complaint with the league about potentially colluding on that matter. So you have some of those politics in play a little bit. And so far, Lamar has been willing uh, to go that route. That You know, he's convinced that um, any consulting he's getting on that matter is correct, that, that, that he deserves that kind of deal. Now, we'll see if that changes. Sometimes you get knee-deep in negotiations. Uh, you can try to find a middle ground somewhere. You know, maybe the Ravens can do 70 or 80% uh, with some easily uh, – easily attainable rolling guarantees, so to speak, and to try to match that close to 100% as they can. Jeremy, one of the next dominoes to fall, I think, in the NFL offseason is Aaron Rodgers and his decision. We've been waiting for him to get out of darkness. He now has. He's officially out. So what happens from here? What's going to be the next thing in his process as we try to figure out what's happening with Aaron Rodgers in 2023? Well, uh, Aaron and Green Bay have to sit down and hash all this out. What does he want to do? Uh, Green Bay needs to find that out. The New York Jets need to find that out. Uh, by all indications I've received, Aaron Rodgers is the Jets' option A, and Derek Carr is their option B. And Derek Carr is waiting as well because he has other options, um, but his meeting with the Jets went well. So there are a lot of hands in the fire for the Jets and for the Packers as they sort of wait on Aaron. Um, you know, he's going to meet with Green Bay at some point. 
we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. It could be today. All we know is that it's going to be before free agency. That's really the only certainty, but that's three weeks from now. Uh, so there could be still a little bit of a wait on this front. Jeremy, we'll get you out of here on this. And we're talking with Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer here on Canty and Carlin. We know that Brock Purdy's surgery on his injured elbow was delayed. It was supposed to happen yesterday in Arlington, Texas. But according to you know this report, there's, there's inflammation that hasn't gone down. So how is this affecting the timetable for the San Francisco 49ers and their quarterback decision that they hope to make this offseason? And how does Trey Lance factor into all of this? Well, certainly Brock Purdy is going to need a long time to recover. Uh, you know, he hopes to play this year, and, and that's the plan. But I think in the meantime, talking to some people around the league, they expect San Francisco to, to get a veteran, uh, to sign a veteran quarterback to some degree uh, of, of uh, accomplishment. It might not be like a, a top guy. Uh, but, you know, like a Sam Darnold comes to mind, somebody like that, Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, somebody who, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, if he's available, it could be that, that type of player. Um, just to really serve as a backup slash bridge option, knowing that uh, Trey Lance, you know, if he recovers from his ankle issues, will be fine, and and that can be the starter for them. I mean, they're you know, they're still invested in Trey Lance. He, he really has seen minimal time on the field. They invested a lot to get him third overall pick, so they they do want to see what he can do eventually. Jeremy, as always, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Gabe. Have a good one. You too. That's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, joining us here on Canty and Carlin, that 49ers quarterback situation. It's one to watch throughout the offseason because you'll remember a couple months ago, or really you know, weeks ago at this rate, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers, said that there was really no way he could see Jimmy Garoppolo back with the 49ers next year. Garoppolo set to hit free agency. But their quarterback situation right now, a giant question mark. We get into that next here on Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Welcome back to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, sitting in for the guys on this Thursday, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. So the San Francisco 49ers find themselves in a bit of a pickle right now. Yesterday was supposed to be when rookie quarterback Brock Purdy had surgery to, re- to fix the torn ulnar collateral ligament, so his UCL, in his throwing shoulder, elbow. So to speak, you know, the arm that where he throws the ball from. I don't know what you call it. Throwing <laughs> elbow? No one ever says that, Gabe. Anyways, nope. 
he couldn't get the inflammation in his elbow down. So the surgery, according to ESPN's uh, 49ers reporter Nick Wagner, is going to be delayed. And now the 49ers find themselves in a spot where if Jimmy Garoppolo is truly out the door, the only quarterback they have on the roster that they would expect to be ready by the timetable of training camp would be Trey Lance. But even then... We don't know when Trey Lance is going to take the field to start working out because he had two separate surgeries, October and in December of 2022, on that injured ankle. And I just feel like this is a team that can't get out of its own way, unfortunately, circumstances that are beyond their control with the injuries. But year after year, it's these off-season surgeries that are holding up them being able to move forward with their plan at quarterback. Yeah, they've had so many different plans at quarterback, and they finally thought they had their guy, and Trey Lance gets hurt. They just need to sign somebody to be able to get through off-season minicamps and uh, mandatory you know, workouts and be able to have somebody that can run the offense and, and throw balls that way. I, I'm really curious to see what they end up doing here, because as good as Brock Purdy looked, I still have a hard time believing that he's their guy moving forward, that you invest not just the top 10 pick that you ended up trading up to get, but those other first-round picks that you, that you had to then give up in order to move to the number two spot, in order to get Trey Lance. Maybe at some point you have an open competition, but I have to believe that this is Trey Lance's job. And guys like Jimmy G, you know, Jimmy G's not going to go back there. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be a starter in the league. Same thing with Derek Carr. As much sense as I would think it would make for Derek Carr to potentially go there and, you know, really get that offense going, they know that Trey Lance has to be the guy because of where he was taken in the draft. So I don't even know if you can sign a starting caliber veteran that could be out there as a free agent to bring them in because they know that ultimately the job is going to go to the young guy. And they wouldn't be able to realistically pull off a trade for Lamar Jackson or you know anyone else that would require a first-round pick this year, next year, what have you, because they don't own their own first-round pick this year. Remember, that was the pick that went to the New Orleans Saints and then that pick ended up, has moved around quite a bit. I think that it's now with Denver because that was sent there in the Sean Payton trade. Anyways, it's it's a tough situation that they find themselves in. We were talking with Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, moments ago here on ESPN Radio, and he was suggesting kind of what you're saying, Gabe, that maybe it's a Sam Darnold, maybe it's another reclamation project that you take on because you've given up so much draft capital to get Trey Lance, and going into year three, he remains a giant unknown for this team. Is he a quarterback that's actually good, or is he a guy that has dealt with a lot of injuries and only played a handful of games and you don't know if he's ever going to pan out as your starter? Their options are pretty limited right now, and this timetable for Brock Purdy, according to Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter who was on NFL Live, feels like it's going to take a while before we even think about seeing him start to throw. You mentioned the inflammation that is delaying this surgery, certainly something that 49ers and Purdy would have liked to already have addressed because there is a six-month recovery from this surgery. Now, I want to point out, though, just because there's a six-month recovery to the point where he probably will be participating at full strength with the team, he could still resume throwing three months after the surgery takes place and then slowly kind of progress himself back to full strength. And if you do kind of push that timeline out from March, that would be around August, so he could still conceivably be there in time for the start of the season. 
so he could be there in time for the start of the season, but he's not going to be medically cleared to play by that definition of what Jeff Darlington was talking about. Like he can start throwing, but starting to throw be versus I'm ready to play in a game and I can be exposed to injury and I'm okay. Is those are two different things. Those are two way different things. And the wild off the wall thought I have for the 49ers, and this would require about a thousand things falling into place for them and for the quarterback that I'm about to mention. But let's say that, you know, Purdy is not recovering at the way they want to after he has this surgery at some point in March. And Trey Lance continues to not look great in, in terms of his recovery from his foot surgery. And, and he's trying to work his way back. And they need a one-year stopgap. Okay. What about Aaron Rodgers? And here's why. So if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just, if the Packers are getting whatever they want, you know, in a trade, and they've decided they're moving on from Rodgers, what if they just decide, okay, we'll trade him post-June 1st, absorb the $40 million cap hit that we have to take no matter what, split that over two years. We're not getting a top pick from the 49ers anyway. We'll take two future first-round picks and ship Aaron Rodgers off to San Francisco, the team he grew up rooting for in the state of California when he was a kid. The only holdup I have on that, and I don't know whether to take Aaron Rodgers at his word, is don't you remember during the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he was on TV and he was asked about, hey, Aaron, hey, how's it going? Good. Thoughts about the offseason? He's like, and he just out of nowhere deadpans and says, I'm not going to San Francisco. But that was the one team he had mentioned, and he said he wasn't going to go there. Like Now, I don't know if that you know, really means anything at the end of the day. Let's not forget, he doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. He doesn't get to pick his next opportunity of where he goes if he moves on from the Green Bay Packers. They could ship him wherever they want, assuming they get the right trade package and draft capital in return. But... It makes sense from it for a team that has a lot of quarterback uncertainty and a quarterback who we're uncertain about, Gabe, is going to play beyond the 2023 season should he come back and play at all. So very interesting thing to keep our eye on in hopes that Brock Purdy's elbow inflammation ends up going down so he can get that surgery. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Podcast.